Okay, welcome everyone. We are back. I hope you all had an incredible Pesach. And today we are excited to have back Hacham Eli Shalbi for the final installment of his three-part text-based series on the intro to the Chavot HaLevavot. All our classes are recorded, so if you missed the past Shurim or would like to do Chazara, have no fear. All of them are accessible through the members portal on our website. As the Chacham established in the last Shurim, this is more of a participatory class, so feel free to raise your hand for questions, comments, etc. Uh, with that said, thank you everyone for joining, and Chacham, it is a privilege to learn with you. Uh, the floor is yours. So, uh, the privilege is mine, uh, and I'm happy uh, to share whatever it is that I have to share. So hold on, I'm going to share a screen. Second. There we go. Okay. Um, and uh, does everyone here have the text uh, that they, if they want to look at, Ohad, maybe send it in the chat again so that if people want to look at it, they can look at it on their own. <coughs> uh, so I'm just going to do a very brief summary of what we have done until now. This is the third class uh, that we're doing. Um, and again, if there's any questions, feel free to uh, hop in, uh, comments. Uh, I don't want it to be a lecture style. I want it to be, uh, I want to hear you guys. Um, so we are um, nearing the end of the, or about halfway through the introduction. I said in the beginning that most likely we're not going to get through the whole introduction. Um, that's probably going to be true. I, I, when I said the whole introduction, I meant to, right? Okay, oh, sorry. Let me start over. I said that there were two halves to the introduction. The first, the second half from the get-go, we said we weren't going to get to. The first half of the introduction, I hope maybe we'll be able to get to most of it today. Um, there might be a little bit at the end that we won't get to. Uh, and if we don't, I recommend that you guys go through it on your own. Um, but that last part is not as significant. I hope that today we'll get to finish through the most significant part or uh, to finish the most significant parts of the introduction. Um, until now, right last time what we ended up seeing at, at the end was that uh, right we discussed a little bit about Chovot distinction between Chovot Elevavot as opposed to Chovot Evarim, with Chovot Elevavot being uh, uh, being muskalot, right? Being based on man's sechel, as opposed to chovot evarim, right? The uh, duties of the limbs, which are divided into two types: those that are sichliot, that are based on a person's intellect, and those that are shamayot, or that are uh, purely a matter of acceptance, right? Um, we gave a definition for those two, right? We said sikhliot means that these commandments, we would have been able to come up with them on our own, as opposed to shem'iyot are commandments that we would not have been able to come up with on their own, come up with, uh, with them on, on our own, even though they do ultimately make sense, or there is some sense that we can make out of them, right? So uh, Shabbat is not something that we would have come up with on our own, but it also makes sense uh, once God has commanded us in it, right? Um, but uh, right? don't murder, that's something that we would have come up with either uh, either way, right? 
And we discussed that at length, right? We discussed the difference between Sa'adiago and Harambam on this issue. I'm not going to go back over that. And then uh, and then uh, Bahia, and we talked a little bit about what Bahia adds in addition to what Sa'adiyah uh, already established. And we talked about how Bahia is based on Sa'adiyah very, very strongly. And how much he mentions him, right? He mentions him by name, uh, numerous times and his praise for him and how much uh, how much uh, he learned from him and rightfully so and I often say this um, there is one big tragedy that occurred to the Jewish people uh, in terms of the intellectual history of the Jewish people that one big tragedy is that Saad Yagon has been almost completely forgotten uh, today um, and Saad Yagon should have achieved the place of uh, someone like Rashi. That if a person wants to study the Torah and he wants to know what the Torah means, the first commentary that you go to is not Rashi, but Sa'ad Yagon. That should have been the way that history uh, developed. Unfortunately, uh, things happened and Sa'ad Yagon did not achieve that status. Um, at least not in our day. He achieved that status Definitely in Bahia's day, and definitely in many uh, generations after Bahia as well, but not in our day. Um, okay, but that's well, that was last class, and then we ended with Bahia saying, "Okay, if Havot and are such a big deal, then why don't I find any of the Geonim discussing it? Why hasn't why haven't any of them written a book purely dedicated to this topic? Why am I the first? And he comes and lists the three different categories of Geonic works uh, and their purposes. And then he says, uh, and I'm the first one to do this. And that's where we left off. And now he's going to say, okay, so now he needs to answer the question, why hasn't anyone else done it? There were three purposes of all the books. And he listed different works that coincide with the different purposes. why hasn't anyone written a fourth purpose, a book w- uh, with a fourth purpose, which is this purpose, the purpose of uh, leading a person to internal worship, worship of one's mind and one's heart, uh, and what that means uh, in its uh, totality. Why hasn't anyone written on this? And he is now going to raise several hypothetical uh, reasons why none of the no one wrote about it and he's going to dismiss those reasons one by one uh and in so doing he's also going to teach us some principles about um okay so with that uh let's go over that do you guys see the text well yep okay good uh i'm trying to keep uh the uh, uh, the video, so I can see everybody's face on the right hand of the screen and the text on the left hand. So I don't know how that looks on your guys' uh, screen, but uh, I can see both. So that's good for me. Okay, so we left off here, and I'm reminding everyone that we're reading uh, Rabbi Kapach's translation in Hebrew, and the Arabic is on the side. Lefikah, right? So after I have uh, listed all of the different uh, reasons of why uh, people 
wrote uh, or, or, or the different types of books that the Geonim wrote. If you cut Hakarti al Hovotelevavot mina muskal, vakatuva masu. Haimem hova alen, hovat mitzva olo. So here is our first hypothetical question. Maybe the reason that none of the Geonim wrote about Hovotelevavot is because they are not hovat mitzva. There's no obligation to perform them. Maybe there, it's it's a good thing, but it's not an obligation. Maybe that's the first and, and the Geonim who wrote halachic works. So the halachic works deals with mitzvot, things that God tells us to do, and this isn't something God tells us to do. Maybe that's why. And we saw in the first class that there are three gates through which that God gave us through which to understand the uh, the divine sciences, right? And, and that, and the Torah is included within that. Those three are the Sechel, the Katuv, and the Masur, right? The intellect, the Torah Shibichtav, and the Torah Shibichtav. So he says, so I checked all three to see whether they are Chovat Mitzvah, whether they are obligatory as a Mitzvah in those three. Umasati, Shehem yesodot kol Not only are they hovat mitzvah, but they are the pillar and foundation for all of the mitzvot. You cannot have mitzvot without them. And this is going to be a very important point. We're going to uh, we're going to uh, sit on it for a little bit. We're going to discuss it uh, uh, within a little bit length. The imyerabahem hefsed. And if a person is lacking in his fulfillment of Chovot Levavot, he does not fulfill in any way any commandment of the Mitzvot Evarim. That's a very, very strong statement. And we're going to see, uh, he's going to back it up in a little bit. But let's try and unpack what he just say. He just said, if a person takes a lulav on Sukkot, and he fulfills technically the mitzvah of taking a lulav on Sukkot, but he does not have the proper chovot elevavot, and we'll address what that means in a second, that he, he does not fulfill the mitzvah of taking a lulav in any way. That the mitzvot, the performance of mitzvot, is not merely about, about the physical mitzvot, right? The external mitzvot, the mitzvot of the limbs, right? The performance of the mitzvot of the limbs is not merely about using your limbs. There is an internal element also to the limb mitzvot. And therefore, a person who does not properly bring his internal element to the limb mitzvot does not fulfill the limb mitzvot either, even though his limbs are doing what the Torah commanded his limbs to do. Does that make sense? And with that, he and, and that's what he means by saying that the the chovot elevavot are the yesod, right? They are foundations for the mitzvot ha'evarim. 
because without them, you don't have mitzvot ha'evarim either. How is that true? So I'm going to pause. Uh, we're going to come back to this topic a little bit more in, in just a second. Uh, but I'm going to let Bahia speak for himself a little bit, and we're going to come back to that. Okay? But any questions until now? Okay. So now he just said, so are the chovot alivavot chovat mitzvah? And he wants to now bring proof for the fact they're chovat mitzvah through the sechel, the katuv, and the masur. Ve'hine mina muskal, amarti, kevar nitbarer lanu, שהאדם מחובר מנפש וגוף, ושניהם טובה מאת אדוני לנו, האחד גלוי והאחר ספון. לפיכך חובה עלינו מחמתם לאדוני תעלה עבודה גלויה וספונה. הגלויה הם מצוות האיברים, גרון התפילה והסום והצדקה, ולימוד ספר תורת אדוני והפצתו, ועשיית סוכה ולולב וסיסית ומזוזה ומעכה וכל הדומה לכך, מדברים שעשייתם על ידי חושי האדם הגלויים. אבל, אוקיי, let's pause there, and hold on, I'm gonna also make it a little bit larger, right? Last time Ohad said that that helped. So, So, okay, so now, R is it Chovat Mitzvah? So, Mitzvah HaSechet, from the intellect, right, how does he know that it is obligatory to do Chovat HaLevavot? So, we already understand, that man is composed of nefesh and guf. He has a spiritual element and a material element. And both of these are goods, right, that God gave us. Right? There are gifts that God gave us. He gave us a body, and he gave us a soul through which to govern the body. One is external, right? That's the body. And the other is internal. And just as it is obligatory upon us to worship God with our body, so too it is obligatory for us to worship God with our soul because we have both of these elements. We should worship him with both of them. Right? So because we have both, it is obligatory upon us through both of them. An internal, uh, sorry, an external, a, a gluya, right? A, an apparent, an, an outer worship and an internal worship. The external, Right, the external are the evarim mitzvot, such as tefillah, som, and tzedakah, which are interesting choices, right? Because, and I think we discussed it a little bit last time, but I don't remember, <coughs> right? Because a person is want to think that tefillah is an internal mitzvah, right? He here lists it as an external mitzvah. Because tefillah is something that a person does by moving his mouth and uttering words. And that is an action, right, that your body does with its limbs. If you simply think that's not tefillah, right? Um, okay, and so it's the same thing, right? Uh, and studying Torah and teaching it and making a lulav and a sukkah and tzitzit and a mezuzah and a ma'akeh. Right, and all these things, right, that are done by a person's uh, senses. 
אבל העבודה הפנימית הן חובות הלבבות, right? On the other hand, the internal worship, that's חובות הלבבות, such as יחוד אדוני בלב, testifying to God's oneness, right, in his heart, right, understanding that, האמונבו, right, faith in him, ובתורתו, and in his Torah, חבלת משמעתו, right, accepting, being obedient to him, היראה ממנו, right, fearing him, אהבתו, והקניעה לפניו, right, loving him, and being humble before him, והבושה ממנו, right, being bashful, והביטחון עליו, right, trusting him, והמסירות לו, like, dedicating oneself to him, והפרישות, ממה שמתעב אותו, right, abstaining from those things that God hates, והעשייה לשמו, right, doing things for his sake, right, and purely for his sake, וההתבוננות בטובותיו, right, thinking about and contemplating the good things that he does, וכל הדומה לכך, ממה שנעשה בדעה ובמספון, בלי איברי הגוף החיצוניים של בעל. Right? And so to all of the other things that a person does in his דעה, in his uh, mind, and in his internal self, right? Without any use of uh, limbs of one's bodies, no, one's body, right? Okay, and then that's simple, right? We've already discussed the distinction between Chovot HaDevavot and Chovot HaEvarim. We don't need to belabor that. And here now, Bahi is going to say something very, very important. And then I understood a cl- clearly, right, a clear understanding that Chovote Evarim, right, the, the mitz- all the mitzvot, right, Sukkah, Lulav, Tefillah, all the mitzvot, we cannot do them fully, unless our heart wants to do it. We need to have, right, so now he's, he's uh, um, supplementing what he said earlier, right, about how the Chavot HaLevavot are the foundations of Chavot HaLevavot. So here he explains, without wanting to do the mitzvot, a person can't fully do the mitzvot. And the very wanting, right, that feeling of wanting or that choice to want, is something that a person does internally, right? <coughs> a person, <coughs> a person who wants, right? A person who goes to tefillah, he goes to tefillah because he wants to go to tefillah. If he didn't want to go to tefillah, he wouldn't go to tefillah, right? Even if it's you know a kid who his dad is forcing him to go to tefillah. At the end of the day, he still wants to go to tefillah, right? Maybe not for the right reasons. Maybe he wants to go to tefillah because he doesn't want his dad to punish him. But he still wants to go, right? Um, so there's now going to be two aspects. There's one, the aspect of wanting, right? Which is still an internal process that a person does. 
And then also, why do you want, right? And that's the element now of working on the Chavot HaLevavot. Why do I want? The first element of wanting at all is the aspect of the Chavot HaLevavot that allows you to even perform the mitzvot ha'evarim. Yeah, that clear? So now he says, Ve'im nedameh ki libodhenu en alehem mitzvah livhor avodat Adonai tistalek me'al evarenu chovat mitzvatam lefi shelo titachen lahem asiyah bishlemot lelo hafes nafshotenu lechach vechevan shenitbarer chiyuv aboreid aleh edevarenu lechayem mitzvotav לא ייתכן שיזניח ליבותינו ונפשותינו שהם היותר נכבדים בחלקנו מבלי שיטיל עליהם מה שביכולתם מעבודתו כי בהם תהיה תמימות המשמעת ושלמות העבודה. אוקיי. Okay. If we were to imagine, אם נדמה, that our hearts, right, there is, if we were to imagine that there is no מצווה, אין עליהם מצווה, on our heart, to choose to worship God, right? If we were to imagine that there were no mitzvah of choice, right? That that's not something that God commands us. Then there would be no mitzvah evarim whatsoever. There would not be any obligation to do any other mitzvah because it does not make sense to do something without wanting to do that thing that we want to do. This is a really, really critical, critical point. And Harabah makes the same point in different language. Uh, in his language, it's not a nefesh, it's a sechel, and it's not a, it's not chovot elevavot, it's selem elohim. It's a different language, but he makes the same point. The point is this. And this is, I'll give it in my language. The Torah is in many ways, uh, this is a parable that I often give. The Torah is in many ways a workout regimen. It's a workout regimen for a person's muscle of free will, a muscle of choice. Insofar as the person does more mitzvot, right? He strengthens his ability to choose to do that mitzvah. Insofar as he neglects doing mitzvot, his muscle atrophies and he does not do mitzvot. And this is clear to all of us, right? A person who uh, wakes up every single morning at 5 a.m. and goes running 10 kilometers and and then has, you know, like uh, a salad for breakfast and whatever, right? right? It's very easy for him to do that every morning because he does it every morning. So now on a random Thursday, he wakes up at 5 a.m. and you need to ask, is he going to choose to do it? Well, it's pretty simple that he's going to choose to do it. But a person who's not used to doing that, and now he wants to do it, it's a very difficult choice to now do it, right? Because his muscle isn't strengthened to do it, right? And the, right, the choice element Right, is the fundamental element behind all of the mitzvot. Because at the end of the day, a person's choice to act in a certain way, right, is whether he is doing God's will or not. Whether he choose, right, 
irrelevant of what the content of the of the mitzvah is, irrelevant of what the context content of the uh, right of the, of the action is. It's the choice to say God told me to do something. I want to do what God told me to do, whatever it is, right? And uh, you know, the person we see this the most with is uh, Avraham Avinu, right? He makes a choice that for me and for most regular people seems crazy, you know, and he makes it like this. God tells him, go sacrifice your only son that you love like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. And yet his muscle is so strong for him. He doesn't flinch. Harambam says that he chose to do that. Not out of agony, but out of happiness. Compare that to Eov, who, when his kids and house and family and everything is destroyed, he's in destitution and uh, right, he's miserable. Right? And that, it happens to him. Avraham is voluntarily going to do it to himself. Right? So all that's a side point. Uh, let's go back to Bahia. All right. So, uh, right, so it doesn't make sense to say that there's no Hovat, uh, a Hovat to choose if there is a Hovat to act. And therefore, and, and since we know that God commanded us to act, then logically it must be the case that God also is commanding us to choose because it doesn't make sense otherwise, right? And not only that, but that this is even, right, or nefesh is even more nikhbad, it's even more important than the action, right? The action is only secondary to the choice. Um, okay. Uh, and with that, we'll have, we a person ends up having a full uh, worship, right, of both uh Soul and body. Right? And therefore, it is obligatory or it is necessary. It's necessary to say that God commanded us in both external commandments and internal commandments so that our worship be complete and comprehensive and cover both our bodies and our soul right every aspect of who we are right so that there's not it's not that there's half of me that's worshiping and half is and half is not okay make sense <coughs> okay so with that he so that that's his proofs for the fact that hovot alevavot are obligatory in so, as so far as the sechel is concerned. Now he's going to go to channel number two, which is what's the second gate? So three gates. Gate number one is the sechel, the intellect. Gate number two Go ahead, I'm looking at you. The goof. Gate number two is the katuv. Right, the Torah Shibikta. And gate number three. 
Now, now you should know. Uh, the, the tradition, I think. Yeah, yeah, fair. And Masu, right? The, the tradi- traditions of Torah Shibi and the Chachamim. Right. Once we have, uh, um, right, uh, Jaris, I see you took off your camera. Don't. It's not because I'm not going to pick on you <laughs> to answer a question. I'm only picking on Ohad because uh, I, I like picking on Ohad. <laughs> it's okay. You can turn off your camera. I'm just uh, joking. <laughs> אוקיי, וכאשר נתברר לי חיובם בדרך השכל, אמרתי, שמא אין העניינים הללו בספר תורת אדוני, ולפיכך הוזנחה כביעתן בספר שינחה אותנו אליהם וידריכנו עליהם. Uh, because the, these topics are not written in Sefer Torah Tadonai, right? They're not in the Torah. And because it's not in the Torah, that's why none of the Geonim wrote about it. So I, I went to check. Are they there? And I found that they, are, they come all over the place. Right? And here is the list. Right? Love your God, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your uh, soul, and with all your might. Right? And these things that I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Right? These are pesukim that are familiar to all of us. Uh, uh, and by the way, just an interesting halacha, just as it's interesting, uh, even if I didn't read Kiryat Shema'at Arvit, right, would I have been, uh, let's say, uh, so the Pasuk Shema was here. Let's say the Pasuk of Shema was here. Would I have ob- fulfilled my obligation just by reading this? Uh, it's a riddle. Uh, uh, oh, I'll, uh, I'll ask you to, uh, to, to check it. Uh, the answer is yes, I would be fulfilling my application. But okay. Right? Uh, love to love the Lord your God, to, uh, to heed his word or his voice. Right? And to cling to him or to adhere to him. And to love Lord your God and to worship Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Right? You shall go after the Lord your God and you shall fear Him. And you shall love your neighbor like yourself. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? Nothing more than to fear him, to fear the Lord your God. Right? That's all he asks. Right? You shall love the ger because you were gerim in Eretz Mitzrayim. Okay, that's the end of his pesukim, and now he says, fear and love. Those are included within chovot levavot. Right? That's not something that you do with your physical body. And we've already discussed 
And that's why we never see hachamim. We don't have many halachot on these mitzvot. Because hachamim can't give halachot that obligate something that's in your heart. How is the court going to come and check and see whether you did it? Right? A court can't say, this is what you should do. You're not doing anything. Right? You're just being this way. Right? Even if, it were, even if they were to tell you what to do, you can't do it, right? Because you can't just, because nothing to do, right? It's your mindset. That's up to you. Right? And we spoke about that at length in the first class. So, uh, so if that point interests anybody, and, uh, you can watch the first class. Right? All those were mitzvot, aset. And how mitzvot lo ta'aseh on chovot levobot. We have that too. Lo tahmod eshet ra'echa velo titaveh bet ra'echa stadehu ve'avdo ve'amato shoro ve'hamaro v'chol asher l'ra'echa. Right? Don't uh, covet, right? The, the, your neighbor's wife, right? Don't desire his house. Don't desire his field, his, his slave, his maidservant, right, his ox, his donkey, right, everything that he has. Right, right, don't uh, seek uh, vengeance and don't hold a grudge against uh, uh, against your neighbor. <coughs> against the people of your nation. Right, don't hate your brother in your in your heart it's interesting why he flipped the order there uh because one pasuk after the other but he flipped them right don't uh go after what uh your eyes or after your your heart and after your eyes right don't uh keep your hand firm sorry don't keep your heart uh firm and don't uh, close your hand, right? Don't do this with your hand, right? Meaning, give. Give tzedakah. Don't uh, hold on dear for your money. Right? And here are all sorts of mitzvot. And not only that, right? So we had the mitzvot. We had the mitzvot. And now... Here's the uh, the knockout punch. Not only that, but all of the mitzvot, right? The very notion of mishmat, of of obedience and obligation to everything, right? All mitzvot. God hesevotam. Uh, he uh, he linked them el halev balashon with a person's heart and a person's tongue. Right? When the Pasuk says, What does the word mitzvah mean here? It's not referring to one mitzvah. The mitzvah is the entirety of the Torah. The very fact, right? The very notion of mitzvah. Right? The very notion of doing a mitzvah. Right? That. Right? That I'm commanding you today to do. 
לא בשמיים היא, it's not in the skies, ולא מעבר לים היא, it's not across the sea, כי קרוב אליך הדבר מאוד, the matter is very very close to you, where is it? בפיך, in your mouth, ובלבבך, in your heart, לעשותו, so that you may do it. It's in your mouth and in your heart, that's the internal, and through that, you will be able to do it, right? Don't say, I can't, I can't do that, because it's beyond me. There's so much to do. No, no, no. The only thing that you need in order to do the mitzvah is your heart. There's no challenge, right? The challenge is only internal, right? It's a matter of choice, right? Uh, compare that with, uh, you know, nowadays, a lot of people, you know, uh, a person uh, feels depressed, he goes to a psychiatrist, and they give him pills, right, antidepressant drugs, right, it's never a matter of an internal change, it's a matter of a chemical imbalance, right, everything is chemical imbalance, and it's all biological, it's all deterministic, right, no, 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 there's, you're there, Right? You have the ability. And it's only through that that you can do real change. Sure, the various pills can help with symptoms. They can help with making you feel better. They can help with all sorts of things. But it's not a real, real change. Right? Uh, and the same thing can be said of uh, other things. Uh, you can uh, do the hekesh on your own. אבל שאר ספרי הנביאים, הרי הרבו בהם, והם חוזרים בהם רבות, לא אטרח להזכירם בגלל ריבוים ופרסומם. Right? So all that, all the פסוקים you just gave, that's only from the Torah. But נביאים וכתובים, there's so much that there's no point in even giving them, because they're so frequent and so famous that uh, there's no point in bringing sources. אוקיי, okay, and that's it. Now it's clear also from the Torah שבכתב. וכאשר מתברר לי questions. So what is, according to him, what is the לשון? Meaning the love makes sense, so it's internal, but what is, where does the לשון play out? The לשון, even though that's a limb, and the limb speaks like in the תפילה, the, um, the לשון only articulates that which one's soul first articulated, right? Um, right, the Lashon is kind of like, he brings us Mashal later, uh, that the, the Lashon is the pen of the soul, right? Uh, he writes what the soul wants to articulate, right? So even though it is a limb, it expresses something internal. Okay, uh, other questions? אוקיי, וכאשר נתברר לחיוב מצוות הלבבות מספר תורת אדוני, כמו שנתברר מצד המושכל, right? So now once we got the first two out of the way, חקרתי, חקרתי עליו מצד מסורת קבלת קדמוננו עליהם השלום. Right, so now I moved on to the מסורת, right? Is it there as well, in the Hazan? ומצטיב מפורש ומבואר בדבריהם, it's even more there than it is in the first two. Sometimes it's said in just a general way, 
right? Keron Omran, right? Like their statement, right? Harahaman, right? The Aleph at the end there in Aramaic is always is like the Heidiyah in Hebrew. Rahamana is Harahaman, right? The compassionate or the merciful one. Libabai, right? He wants a person's heart. Right? Uh, maybe one person does more and one person does less. But what's important is that he uh, he has kavana of a God, right? He's doing it that uh, he's doing it for God, right? The fact that one person does more mitzvot, the other person does less mitzvot, is not as significant as the fact of why is he doing whatever it is that he does do. A person who does more, but for the wrong reasons, is he really doing more, right? And a person who's doing less. What he's doing with the purest of intentions accounts a lot more. Right? A person's heart and a person's eyes are two agents of sin. Right? It is through the lev and the anayim that a person sins. Right? Because just like the uh, performance of mitzvot is a product of choice. So too, the product, the the performance of averot is a product of choice, right? So it's through one's eyes, right, and through one's heart that a person sins, right? And this is obviously remez, right? They're alluding to the pasuk, right? Uh, don't uh, go after your heart and after your eyes. Um, right, and there's also a lot that's mentioned in Masechet Avot, right, uh, that we're not going to go into, right, because there's so much there. Uh, so a good place to mention that there's currently a minhag, right, uh, we are in the seven weeks between Pesach and uh, Shavuot, right, and this is a minhag in the six weeks, right, not including uh, the first week, right? the six weeks going up to Shavuot, each Shabbat, uh, uh, we study one perik of Masechet Avot. There are six chapters of Masechet Avot. Or originally, the Mishnah has five chapters, but we've added a sixth chapter that is actually Baraitot. Um, so the Minag was to study those six chapters over those six Shabbatot. That was one Minag, and the second Minag was also to do the same thing but with Sefer Mishle, do five chapters every Shabbat, and that way with the six, uh, there's 30 chapters, or 30, uh, 30, 30 or 31, and then uh, over six Shabbatot, five chapters each time, you finish. Uh, all of Sefer Mishle. Uh, two minagi. Uh, so you mentioned Masechet Tavot, the good disciple. Right, there's a lot of sugyot where they ask different amorayim. By virtue of what did you live a long life? And then the hacham answers, I lived a long life because I never walked in front of a hacham. I lived a long life because I never was happy in the fact that somebody else uh, was miserable, the fact that somebody else failed. 
uh, right? All sorts of things like that. <coughs> uh, so he's referring to that. And Mori, Rabbi Kafir, in footnote 96, if you're interested, you can go see his sources there. He gives a bunch of Talmudic sources of places where that happens. Right? He also found that in the Torah, a person who uh, who is rotzeach right? he he kills someone uh, accidentally, right? he doesn't receive a death penalty, right? Um, Right, and moreover, a person who accidentally or inadvertently does one of the mitzvot that is severe, right, meaning that it is uh, the punishment is karet or mitat bedin, that the punishment the person doesn't receive karet or mitat bedin for doing those because he did it inadvertently. The punishment is only that he bring a korban hatat. Or they bring a korban ashab, right? Hatat for those who are bekaret, ashab. There's different types of ashab. It's probably referring here to ashab talui. Lamad mize, right? From from that from these two facts, we learn ki aikar bechiyuv haonesh ushituf halev aguf b'maaseh, right? The key principle in applying punishment to someone is that he both. Uh, he, he has both uh, heart and body in his action, right? That he intended what he did, right? Asher lalev, right? What I mean by heart is that he intended it. And as for the body, I mean the movement to act, right? The actual physical action, right? A person is only liable and is only to be fully punished for his actions if he intends to do what he did. But if he did it completely accidentally, that doesn't mean that there's no punishment whatsoever because there's still consequences for his actions. Maybe he he was he was uh, negligent, right? He didn't take enough care, right? But still, he's not punished to the full extent of the law. Right, that's the difference between murder and manslaughter, right, uh, etc. And this is also an important point I see a lot in uh, uh, discourse nowadays, where people like to uh, judge a person's actions, right, criminals' actions, right. And I'm not justifying them; they're, they're they've done a crime, but uh, to uh, judge a person's actions by the uh, by the effect that it had on the victim, right? By the consequences of his actions. With total disregard for the intention of a, of that person, right? And I see that a lot in uh, modern discourse. Uh, I think that is very, very immoral. Um, and because the person's... It's not, not to say that he didn't do a crime. He did, and he should be punished. But it's not the same, right? And the same thing, same reason that we don't hold minors to the same extent that we hold uh, adults, etc., etc. Okay. Okay, so all that was with regards to uh, 
uh, sins, right? But now, now he's going to bring it also the other way. Look what a strong statement he just said, right? So too, a person who does a mitzvah, right? He took the lulav, he gave tzedakah, but he didn't have intention of doing it for God. He receives no sachar. He didn't even say some sachar. He does not receive sachar at all. Because he didn't do a mitzvah. Because God doesn't want you to take a palm branch and shake it. That's not what God cares about. He cares about your heart and about your intention. That you're doing it because I said so. Right? There's a very uh, important halakha in Arabah. He talks about Goyim who do the Sheva Mitzvot Ben Noah. And the goyim, they need to do it in order to be considered and to have in order to be one of those. They have to do Sheva Mitzvot Noah under the pretext that they understand that God is the one who commanded them to do the Sheva Mitzvot Noah. But if they do the Sheva Mitzvot Noah just because they came under their own, through their own uh, thinking, they came to the conclusion that these Sheva mitzvot are the right thing to do, but not because of some divine commandment. They are not considered That's the, there's the Chiluv Gersa there, that's the correct Gersa in my opinion. They're not They're just considered Hachamim. They're considered hachamim because they reach the right conclusions. But they're not uh, because they don't do it because God said so. Right? They have to have kavana leshem shamayim. And that's the same thing uh, here. Uh, for, uh, for us, for all mitzvot. <clears throat> And since the Kavanat uh, Halev, right, the, uh, the intention and the internal, right, is the hinge for all action and is also uh, the pillar of all action, right, since it's built on Kavanah, is therefore obligatory. That Yidiat Havot Levavot come first, right? Because you can't do Havot Levavot without Havot Levavot, right? And with that, he finishes going through the three uh, proofs. Um, I'm going to keep going a little more because we started a little bit late. Uh, but here I'm going to skip because. Uh, uh, and again, if you want to study the whole thing, I recommend uh, doing it uh, on your own time. Here, we basically, now, so that was hypothetical question number one. Hypothetical question number one, why don't the Gilmim write about Chovot Revovot? Maybe because it's not a Chovat Mitzvah. 
So he dispelled that. Can you yeah. center so we could see both columns? Yeah, I think uh, Ohad sent it in the chat. Thanks. Uh, do you want me to set? It's just that if I center it, I don't see the video. So actually, yeah, maybe I can do it. Let me see. Hold on. That good? That good? Okay. Um, right. So, uh, right. So that was hypothetical question number one, and now he brings up a second hypothetical question. Maybe the reason nobody wrote about it is because the chovot elevavot are not uh, always obligatory. They're only sometimes obligatory and sometimes in some places, right? Like a like mitzvot atzluyot ba'aretz, right? That are only Chovah and Eretz Israel, or like uh, you know the Hagim that are only obligatory during the Hag, right? Maybe they're only sometimes. And he says no, they are continuous and they're always. They never cease, right? Because they are a matter of a person's mindset, so they are constant, right? They can't not be, right? And you can't fulfill it one second and not fulfill it the other second. You're either always fulfilling it or you're never fulfilling it, right? If you believe in God and then one day you don't believe in God and then the next day you do believe in God, that means that on the days that you do believe in God, you also don't really believe in God. You're just not saying it or you're not aware of it. But if you actually believed, then you wouldn't have had the day that you don't, right? Because you do, right? It's not something that, you, just, you do one day and you don't do another day, right? Uh, if you're confused, which is fine, right? People have confusions over things, right? Um, then you're, 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 you were always confused about it, even if you were not aware of the fact that you were confused about it. Okay, so that was, that's what he says here. And that's what we're skipping. Um, and now he brings and this we're also going to uh, this we can read because it's very short now is hypothetical question number three maybe there's very few mitzvot and that's why it wasn't it was neglected by the geonim right because it's, there's like three mitzvot on it right that's why they uh they were very brief in clarifying it. And that's why they didn't dedicate a separate book to the topic, because what are you going to do? Write a oh, I mean, nowadays, you know, people write like five volume books on Hilchot, you know, you know, or, you know, I saw a whole book on, what was it? A whole book on Hilchot Purim Shehal B'Shabbat. You know, like <laughs> like these kinds of things. So the Geonim wore it like that. <laughs> they didn't uh, waste people's time. Um, <laughs> but uh, with Pilpurim and Pilpurim in order to fill up a page. Uh, 
Okay, <laughs> so maybe that's why uh, nobody wrote about it. So, so no, that's not the case, right? Now he's going to answer. So I, so I came to count them, right? Because maybe they're small, so I came to count them. Right, like have to count to count them and list them. <coughs> Sorry, uh, it's allergy season in Israel. Right, they are very many when you bring out all the branches. Right, to the extent that I thought that the statement of the Hasid, right, uh, for every uh, like uh, spectrum, right, for every uh, right thing that ends, right, uh, I saw an ending, right, I saw an end, uh, but your commandments. Right, your Torah is rehava be'od. Right, it's very right. is is very very wide. I didn't see an end to it. Right, uh, this is David Amelech. Right, in Sefer Tehillim. Right, so I saw that there's so many to the point that I thought that the words of the Hasid of David Amelech of this pasuk nitkaven bechach lechavot elavot. What he, he was referring to were chavot elavot. That's what is so. Uh, so, so expansive. Right? The Havota Evarim are limited. They're about 613 mitzvot. Right? So, why would he say that it's so expansive? It's, it's a fixed amount. Right? There are so many that they are infinite in its branches. Right? The branches of Havotel and Havot are infinite. And this is a important point um, that whoever was in the last class, in the second class, is going to be able to understand this a bit more than uh, who, the, whoever was not. But because the mitzvot levavot are sikhliyot, right? And because they are a part of one sechel. Therefore, a person can develop them to an infinite extent. Because if they were shamayot and they were a product of revelation, because God told us so and so in the such and such in the Torah, uh, so then God said what he said, and that's it. There's nothing more to develop on it. But because it's sikhli, I can keep thinking about it for all eternity. And I can keep developing it. Especially since it has no actions. And it's all a matter of internal internal processes. You can uh, think about it to a much larger extent. Uh, um, okay. About the fact that he says here, ke taryag. And he does not say taryag. This is a, an important point uh, that uh, a few people have have picked up on that small detail and have made comp- and have uh, have uh, developed this. Uh, but 
because it's not the point of what we're discussing, I'm not going to get into it. If someone wants, at the end, uh, if someone wants to ask a question on it, I'd be happy to. Okay. Uh, oh, how much more time do we, uh, is it like five minutes? Sure, but however, however much more time you need. Twelve. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip here. Also, I want to go to one last part, and then we can uh, we can close with that. But I want to close with that because it's very strong. I think. Um, so here now he says another thing. He says maybe um, the reason. So now he's giving a fourth hypothetical of why it's not it wasn't uh, addressed by the Gionim. Maybe the reason it wasn't addressed is because Havot and Havot are so simple, right? Okay, that's easy. I get it, right? Maybe because they're so simple and so clear and everybody knows them and everyone does them, there's no point in writing a book about it because everyone's doing it. So then I looked at how people are acting in the world, right? And I saw that nobody knows it, Right? And even the hachamim who study Torah, they only do it in order so that people call them ribi, call them hacha. They don't do it because of chovot and And they neglect chovot and right? And they spend all their time studying halacha. I think there's these dayanim. And keep in mind that Bahya Bakuda was a dayan, right? This isn't somebody who himself did not study halakha, right? It's not like he's saying it's not important to study halakha. He was a dayan, right? But he sees other dayanim like him, people who are who are masters of halakha, but they have never opened the book that deal with what they have put, right? They don't know the first thing about it. You ask them, why is there one God? And they have no idea. They said, because the pasuk says, Shema Yisrael, right? That's not an answer. Right? Uh, so I'm skipping, right? Uh, right? You guys see that? Over here, right under this 15. Right, all these people, right? People who decided that they want to study Torah. Right, the only reason that they're studying Torah is so the, the the people, the masses, call them hachamim. and he'll be considered a man of knowledge. Right, and people who you know who think that they're important. Right, Right, so ends up spending all this time uh, in Sefer Torah, uh, right, away from what Sefer Torah says, right, in order to study, right, things that do not give him any benefit and do not purify any uh, vice that is in his soul. Right? Even if he didn't know it, he would have been totally fine. He wouldn't have been punished for not knowing it. But he, uh, he, he, totally, he neglected uh, 
going into the foundations of his religion. Right? That he has no excuse to not study them. Right? And he also, he doesn't spend time on the thing about which he can't even do a mitzvah if he doesn't know them. Such as understanding understanding that there's one God. Right? Right? So here he's going, uh, I'm going to skip this also. Bahia is going to say, though, he's going to say that if a person has the ability, it is obligatory upon him to look into this on a, uh, on a logical level and not merely accept it on the basis of authority. A person who doesn't have the ability, say that that's not his fault. Okay. And now I'm going to finish with a story that he brings. He brings a few different stories to show how important it is to study Hovot Revavot. He says, Right, he would deal with you know public matters until midday, and then he would stop. And say, And then he would go be by himself and say, Bring me the light, uh, the internal light, by which he means the And another Hacham was asked some rare question about. Uh, right about the laws of uh, divorce. Right, a question like, uh, you know, if you have a hasi ayved, hasi ben haring, right, a person who's half, half of him is a slave and half of him is free, and he throws a get right, and it lands in the haser of the isha who herself, right, you know, there's there's random questions that uh, aren't really practical, right. So he was asked about some rare question. And he responded to the person who asked. He said, You who are asking me a question on something that if you don't know it, you'll be totally fine. Right? You who are asking me this rare question, do you already know so well everything that you are that you have to know of the mitzvot? The things that you don't have the right or the freedom to neglect? to the extent that you now have the free time to delve deep into this rare question and a kushya, the rare question, that once you get the answer, it will not help you in any way, shape, or form in helping improve your soul? Do you know all of that? Right? Right? Right, the Hacham continues to say, 
I have uh, have uh, taken an oath, right, on on myself, right. I have promised myself that I am going to spend these thirty five years to study this topic of the things that I have to know. And you know how much I work hard to know them. Right? And how much I work hard to get books on the topic. And I and I still don't have the time. I, I haven't made the time yet to get to the question that you uh, you just uh, uh, arrived at. Right? And he's saying 35 years, right? It's probably some kid, right, who's asking it. Right? Uh, right? And he kept on going more and more, right? And uh, bashing the student for asking this question, right? And that's the story I wanted to end with because nowadays, unfortunately, a lot of the study of Torah is like that, right? You go to yeshiva and they, you study Baba uh, Batra, right? And you study about, uh, you, or you study, I don't know, whatever Masechet that, you know, it's good to study. It's good to study Talmud. It's good to study many, many things, right? But, uh, you know, or not even Yeshiva. You, you have a ninth grader, right, who doesn't know anything about life. And, you, you, and you're giving him to study uh, Masechet, uh, I don't know, you know, all these Masechtot that have nothing to do with his life. Does he even understand the things that he needs to understand to properly worship God, to properly do mitzvot, to properly work on himself, right? To properly develop his midot and to properly develop his soul? No, we, we don't we don't focus on it at all. So if there's one thing, right, that you take away from the series, it's this, right? It's that this, uh, dealing with this, right? The Havot Revavot. That is, this is the uh, the essence of everything. Without this, you don't have anything. Uh, and there's no point to any mitzvah if you don't have this. Uh, and that, and your Talmud Torah, right? What you study and how much time you dedicate to understanding the world around, uh, around you and understanding yourself should be uh, appropriate, uh, should be, should correspond appropriately. Uh, and with that, I'm going to end. Uh, if there are any questions, I'd be happy to take them on this class or on the, any of the other two classes or on anything else. Well, you need to go back to the part Nahwa Tariyag Sharia. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so there's a few different ways to let's go back up there. It doesn't say Kitariyag in the Ah Nahu. Nahu is about. You're taking it to mean like like approximately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Approximately. Uh, there's a few different ways to understand this. Either one, he doesn't think that the number of tariag is uh, literal, right? Uh, that makes uh, a lot of sense, and there's a lot of hachamim 
who thought that and who still think that. And uh, there's good reason to think that they might be right. Uh, right? That it's just an approximate number. And the number is a product of a derasha. Right? It's a rhetorical derasha. That's one possibility. <clears throat> uh, another possibility is that he uh, does think that there are tariag, but uh, some of the tariag are the yesodot of the chavot alivavot. So you need to subtract them from this number, right? Because here we're talking about chavot evarim, right? So, but he doesn't know to tell you exactly how many yesodot of chavot alivavot there are. So it says about 613, 613 minus however many you're going to put there. All right, that is another possibility. Um, there's a few different possibilities of how to understand it. But I think those are the two. I, th- I think the first one is what he meant. The second one, you can also say if you want to be more apologetic and and you really want to hold on to the number 613, uh, so you can say that. Um, but yeah, I think both of those are options. In all the proofs that he mentions and all the verses in Pesukim, he's not, is he counting them as one or is he counting them as... Say one? that again. What do you mean? Oh, sorry. Um, in the part where he's listing all the verses as proofs that there are in the Torah applications yeah. for for this, um, are, is he counting that distinct clause or there one... Um, those were two, right? Because if you remember, he says he brought a lot of pesukim about ahava yirah, and then he says the ahava the hayirah bechlal mitzvot alevavot, right? And I think that he would differentiate between ahava and yirah. So those are two, and there are actually more than two, right? Because we have the avta et adomai lohecha, and we had the avta mitager, we had the avta lereacha kamochas. That's at least three, right? Um, and the Yira, right? There are a lot. In, in, in he when he brings the example of the of murder and the intentionality behind murder, it's yeah. interesting that he brings this in the category of the of the Mesura, not in the category of the Torah. Nahon, I was wondering the same thing. Um, he, and he even opens up and he says, Yeah. Um, I was the same thing and the same thing. Um, I, uh, the, uh, I'm not, I don't have a great answer, but I, it could be because he t- sees it as, right, because he already brought the same statement of right? Right, that the heart and the eyes are the two agents of head, and 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 this is kind of like, and uh, and like he's embellishing on that, right? So, it's more of a continuation of an argument, right? Uh, the problem with that is that he brings two other things in between, right? So it's kind of like, if he if that were the case. Why not say it immediately after? Why, like, maybe because it's long? Or, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, that's a third option is that really that you should have put maybe more. Uh, actually, this is right. I think this is right. 
uh, he should, well, he should have put a paragraph break here. Right, that that the basur ends with uh, the That's the end of the basur. And now, Rabbi uh, Bahia uh, wants to add another point. Right, so uh, this other point that he's adding is, and by the way, I also saw this. So here you have, you know that you need both intention and you need intention, right? Mm-hmm. Where does the machloket of mitzvot serichot kavana or not serichot kavana fit in? I think that's irrelevant. Uh, I know a lot of people make a big hullabaloo about that. Uh, personally, I think that it's irrelevant because I don't think that that's what hachamim mean by kavana uh, when they're uh, when they say that. Uh, but uh, that's already a, a longer topic. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think that they mean uh, uh, that, that they mean the same thing as as what he means by kavana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other questions? Anyone? Comments? Ratings? Criticisms? <laughs> Especially you, Ad. <laughs> Thanks for doing this so late. Yeah, Basim. Hi. Tov, so thank you very, very much. I hope that this was enriching and that uh, you got something out of it and that uh, and that it will help uh, with, uh, you know, giving something to think about uh, on how, you know, Tamu Torah and Avodat El, what it's supposed to look like. And, uh, and if you want, you know, we didn't finish the Akdama, uh, but uh, we're very, very close. I can even show you we are on Amud. Oh, no. This, uh, we were on Amud. Kapdalid. Uh, you can keep going till here. Here is already like a good thing. In Cafe. So uh, not so long. And then if you want to keep going a bit more than that, you can do that also. And go all the way to Kafchet, where it says Amara Mehaber. That's the second half of the Akdama that I talked about. And this second half of the Akdama, he uh, goes into uh, why he wrote the book and and uh, if you find any errors, they correct it. And this is the table of contacts. And there's ten chapters, and these are the, you know more about the book itself. Uh, so it's a bit more technical, which is why I wasn't even planning on getting to it. Um, so, uh, if you want, you can go uh, and continue, and you can even go and continue the book itself, not just in the Hagdama. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming, and uh, Chacham, thank you so much for sharing with us. It's a privilege to learn with you. Hopefully, uh, we'll have you for many more shooting in the future. So, thank you, everyone, and Leila Tov. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night.